The repercussions of Russia's invasion into Ukraine are being felt around the globe. Israel is no exception. Ukrainian Jews among those fleeing the conflict are getting in line to emigrate to Israel. In Israel, there is growing concern about the nation's future relationship with Russia. It now has permanent military bases in Syria to the north, and Russia is a key player in the nuclear negotiations with Iran. Meanwhile, Israel is making peace with its Arab neighbors and is positioned to benefit greatly from tightening global natural gas supply and its ability to offer alternative energy security to countries concerned about Russia. On April 1st, just a week ago, Israel and the United Arab Emirates announced the completion of negotiations and the signing of a milestone free trade agreement. To begin, let's consider the impact on Israel of Russia's invasion into Ukraine as well as the nuclear negotiations with Iran. The Bible informs us that the nation of Israel will find itself in a latter-day calamity, at which time God says, Gog will come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. Ezekiel chapter 38 and verse 16. Therefore, we can see from this that it's clear Russia, in alliance with Iran, will be hostile to Israel at this time. And this is not unexpected even from a purely human point of view. In this light, Israel is rightly worried about the position Russia may take toward its bombing of Iranian-backed forces in Syria, which continue to threaten Israel's security, particularly in the Golan Heights. If Russia can invade a sovereign state like Ukraine, could it happen to Israel? Sadly, the answer is yes, it will happen. This is the situation presented in Ezekiel 38 following the invasion of the mountains of Israel by the Russian Confederation. Thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey? That's quoting verses 10 through 13. And so here we see um, Rosh or Russia um, just um, taking this action. And this is precisely how such circumstances could replay with nuclear powers, including Russia and possibly Iran by this time, invading Israel and taking Jerusalem to quote-unquote liberate the Golan and the so-called holy places, while Sheba and Dedan, the Arabian Gulf states, with the western merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions as they're called, Britain, the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and perhaps India, standing to one side immobilized, merely questioning the invaders' intentions. Journalist Melanie Phillips made precisely this conclusion in her analysis of the Iran deal in um, an interview with the Jewish News Syndicate. America is actually using Russia to broker this deal. And under the terms of the deal, as we read, Russia, which America is telling us has to be sanctioned as being, you know, the most evil regime on the planet, 
uh, Russia will effectively be put in as a gatekeeper uh, in charge of Iran's nuclear program. Even worse than that, from what we read, because Russia has insisted that in the event of a deal which releases sanctions, which uh, uh, lifts sanctions uh, on Iran, in the event of such a deal, uh, Russia wants to be able to benefit from that deal. And so Russia has said to the Biden administration, uh, you must uh, relieve sanctions on, on us in order that we can benefit from that deal. It appears that America is giving way to this and effectively will establish what is a kind of uh, sanctions-busting bank in Iran that Russia can access in order to access trade with Iran. Um, and thus be able to bypass the sanctions that America is holding Israel's feet to the fire to increase and pressuring everyone else in the world uh, to adopt. I mean, I can't, I can't begin to exaggerate the extent of the perfidy of this and the stupidity of it. First of all, it's America, by this deal, will be exposing both not just Israel, but the West to a hugely empowered and eventually nuclear Iran. Um, but um, uh, it's doing so in a way that actually also uh, uh, facilitates uh, Russia to avoid the sanctions that it, America, is trying to impose. And you know the, the level of hypocrisy and duplicity and perfidy and sheer imbecility is really hard to understand. If this is what is agreed upon, it will be astounding in human terms, especially after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But it's perfectly aligned with the prophetic picture, where we see a strong Russia and a weakened West. Phillips continues. Israel cannot live with an Iranian bomb. It cannot. Uh, and so something's got to give. What gives, at what point it gives, I can't tell you. I have no idea. Don't think anyone's got any idea. But mm -hmm. unless you believe that, you know, Israel can, will say, you know what, it's fine. You know, mutual deterrence, we can live with it. We'll handle it, just like we handled Gaza. It'll be fine. Anyone believe that? I don't. I no, don't. I, not, I... not with a nuclear run. And once they're nuclear, as you can see with the Ukraine, once a rogue state or a tyranny or a kleptocracy or a, you know, an aggressive state, once it has nuclear weapons, then with the best will in the world, the world is, is paralyzed, it can't do anything. So once Iran reaches or passes that threshold point, whatever it is, um, Israel's stuffed as well. Israel won't be able to do anything. So, you know, the time scale is very short. So I'm just reading all this and, you know, uh, we're all reading it in, in Israel, you know, uh, planes go over uh, in Jerusalem, planes aren't supposed to go over. And we hear sometimes planes go over and we all have the same thought. We all have the same thought. Should we head for the shelter? Is this it? We're all living like this all the time. Um, you know, because we, we can all see it coming. And uh, it's a terrifying situation. The rest of the world, could they care? See, one of the things I take from this Ukraine horror is that, you know, we can see the West is genuinely, you know, beside itself over what's happening in Ukraine, as it should be, as it should be, as we all are. But my goodness me, 
if the Hezbollah start unleashing their missiles on Haifa and Tel Aviv and wherever, you think that the West is going to react like that? Like it's reacting over Ukraine? I'm afraid I don't. I'm afraid I don't. Phillips is correct in that it is not the West who will save Israel. It will be the Holy One who will intervene and cause the Russian-European-Iranian Confederacy to fall upon the mountains of Israel, as we learn from Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. He will come to his end, and none shall help him, we read in Daniel 11 verse 45. It is clear from Ezekiel 38, when these events occur, Israel will have become both peaceful and prosperous. We have witnessed Israel's increase in prosperity, accelerated more recently by development of the newly discovered natural gas fields in the eastern Mediterranean, as well as progress towards normalization with other Arab states. The prophets describe the invasion in the latter days of not only a prosperous Israel, but also a prosperous region including Egypt. It says the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods. Art thou come to take a spoil, to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil, the western nations say in Ezekiel thirty-eight, twelve and 13. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, Zechariah says in chap his chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape, but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. Daniel 11 verses 41 to 43. This is what we are seeing develop today, despite Russia waging war in Europe and ongoing tension with some Arabs. Peace and prosperity is accelerating between Israel and its Arab partners. And so, as you might have heard, Israel has arranged a um, first summit with the Abraham Accord countries, as well as with Egypt, which is a, a new development, an exciting new development. And this is to be not just a one-time thing, but to be an annual conference hosted in Israel, which as well is quite an amazing thing. Israel says it put this summit together in a few days. Nonetheless, it clearly wanted to convey maximum symbolism and significance. In the desert kibbutz, once home to Israel's first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, the foreign ministers of Egypt, Bahrain, Morocco and the UAE, a country of state, espoused friendship and shared goals. 43 years ago, when Egypt and Israel made peace, unfortunately, we lost those 43 years of knowing each other better, of working together, and of changing the narrative that many generations of Israelis and Arabs have been living. Israel's foreign minister said this first meeting would become a permanent forum, but he also advanced goals for the here and now. This new 
architecture, the shared capabilities we are building intimidates and deters our common enemies, first and foremost, Iran and its proxies. And so that's how it was reported by Al Jazeera. Concern over the direction of Iran and its proxies has added impetus to the development of these relationships as Christadelphians have expected for over a century. On February 16th, Reuters reported that Israel grows 8.1% in 2021, fastest in 21 years, rate hike possible soon. The article said Israel's economy grew at its fastest pace in 21 years in 2021, as consumer spending, exports and investment rebounded with double-digit gains following a pandemic-stifled 2020 rising the specter of the central bank raising interest rates soon. Private spending jumped 19.2%, while exports surged 26.3%, and investment grew 14.1%. Israel's growth was well above the average of 5.3% for the 38 countries that make up the OECD. Part of this success is coming from Israel's increasing sales of natural gas to Egypt. These headlines are now commonplace. Late in uh, March, we had reports, of course, coming out of the, um, the historic summit involving the Egyptian foreign minister. And that has also given way since that time to now a signing of a um, free trade agreement, an FTA, between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Israel and the United Arab Emirates signed a historic bilateral free trade agreement today after their fourth and final round of negotiations on the deal this past Tuesday in Jerusalem. Israel's economy minister Orna Barbevai and Emirati Minister of State for Foreign Trade Tani bin Ahmed al-Zayudi signed the deal in the capital today. Barbevai said since the establishment of the Abraham Accords, the Economy and Industry Ministry has been working to expand economic relations between Israel and the United Arab Emirates and to realize its economic potential. The finalization of the negotiations, she said, is a significant and historic milestone in the relationship between the countries, and we will continue to assist the Israeli business community in establishing trade relations in the United Arab Emirates. And so the um, free trade agreement was signed on the 1st of April and now is to be ratified by Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Late in March, in the timesofisrael.com article on the Egyptian foreign minister um, coming to the Abraham Accords summit, that was on March 26, um, the article reported that efforts were also underway to draw the Jordanian top diplomat for a gathering with foreign ministers um, that were meeting there in the Negev. And uh, Jordan did come to Israel for meetings, but played a, um, a, a low profile. So that's an area that we'll continue to watch. We believe Jordan can play a role 
as modern Moab, a nation that will escape out of the northern invader's hand, Daniel 11 verse 41, and is also seen to be friendly to Israel in the day of its calamity in Isaiah 16 and verse 4. So that's something that uh, we'll continue to, to watch. We have wondered how the peace described in Ezekiel 38 would come about, and it would seem that we are now seeing it begin to develop. Today's situation is perhaps a final call to prepare ourselves to meet our Lord, as he said, Watch ye therefore and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things, and to stand before the Son of Man. Luke 21 verse 36. So then, as we pray for the return of our righteous King, the King of Israel, let us remember the exhortation of the Apostle Paul. While they are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them suddenly, like birth pangs upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you like a thief. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So this has been Daniel Billington with you for Bible in the News this week, and we invite you to return again next week for another edition of the Bible in the News. <laughs>